You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. How are you? I'm good. Recovering from uh, WWDC yesterday. How about yourself? Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're just going to cherry pick some things that we thought was interesting in it. Overall, eh, I just thought it was meh. I didn't really. <laughs> I, was say, I just, I know you were like to- totally excited about stuff, but I get excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I watched the whole thing and it was actually longer than I expected it to be because without that live audience clapping at every single thing Tim Cook yeah, says. Yeah, it went really fast. Or, no, I thought it dragged. Oh, really? It I thought was... it was like, really like, like. Well, yeah, it is. I think it went a little bit too fast. It does go much quicker in the respect that you don't have all that transition time of clap, clap, clap and waiting for people to come out. So in that respect, I thought it would be quicker. Like the some of the others, you know, the other uh, like when they announce an Apple Watch or a new iMac or something like that, they're about an hour now because you don't have all those people going, yeah, every time someone blinks, you know, know, so (laughs) I was expecting this to be an hour, maybe an hour and Spoken 15. Spoken from the person who listens to all podcasts on like two times. Two exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. come on, two times. I got a pool to get into. Come on, <laughs> hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of an opposite feeling only because I had a client. I, have, I had a client yesterday. So that's kind of why we're recording this a little bit later. We wanted to do it yesterday. We were all set to do it yesterday and then duty called. So, you know, couldn't turn it down. So, um, yeah, so we're just going to pick the the things that we thought were interesting and Mm -hmm. yeah. And then we'll we'll also to let you know, listeners, that this is in lieu of our normal Sunday episode. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be doing this and a Sunday episode. So we'll see you again in two weeks after after this one comes out. Unless I move, unless I'm like totally uprooted. And in that case, there might be a hiatus. So Mm -hmm. we'll 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 see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you don't hear from us for a couple of extra weeks, that's why. We're not going away. We're just maybe taking a hiatus because Melissa might be moving. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. iOS 15. What is it in iOS 15 that was announced that you thought was really cool? So the first thing that I got really excited about was the share play for screen sharing. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this feature for so long. So that, I mean, if, if nothing else was released, I would have been happy with that. I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty high up there on my list. I, I, of course, there's lots of features that I still would like to see, like more contacts editing with groups and things like that. But but this really made up for it. This really did. Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, how you were kind of like wanting it to hurry up. I, I, I was thinking that the pace was a little bit fast in between the transitions because I watch it for different reasons. My son is a geek and it's something that we kind of bond over. That's why I was a little upset that I, I, of course, I was happy to work with a client and, and earn some money, but um, I really wanted to watch this. This is kind of like our, our Super Bowl. I mean, it is kind of a special thing for us. And I know it is for a lot of developers out there. They put a ton of work into this stuff, and I'm always really grateful for it. So that was one feature that I really, really, really loved. But I, I watch it for the cinematic effects. I watch it for the presentation skills that people put on. I watch it for, you know, to see all those little details. Like, I'm the person who will stop and look for little Easter eggs. Like when he put up the whiteboard, 
I, I stopped it, I paused it, and I zoomed in on it, and I kind of got a giggle out of some stuff that I'll share with you later. But I, I would say overall, SharePlay was one of my most favorite features. I really, I really enjoyed a lot of the sharing stuff. My dad and I do a lot of that stuff. Now that my mom has an iPad and an iPhone, I want to be able to do more of that stuff with her. I mean, it's a big, huge deal for me because of my clients, because I support my clients predominantly remotely right now. I mean, it's not as big of a deal when I was going in person, but nowadays I'm doing the bulk of my work and most all of it. I mean, I've only been on, you know, one or two house calls and that's like really, really rare, you know, and I think it's going to continue to be rare for quite a, quite a while yet. So I rely on these kinds of features a lot to be able to get my job done, to be able to support people. So I'm really excited about that. What, do you have like a favorite, you know, one or top three? I like, I'm looking for it here. I like the additions to Wallet. Mm-hmm. The keys, if you go to a hotel, which I've used that feature before, but I've used it within the actual hotel app. So if you stay at a Hampton Inn, you can just get your key right on your phone. And my husband was just like, wow, you know, he's digging mm-hmm. out, he's, he's digging out the key. And I'm just like, got it. <laughs> and just, I, ha- I have to admit, I when I saw that feature, I was thinking to myself. I looked at the list, and I thought I can't afford to stay at any of those places. But man, if I had if I had disposable income, if I could afford to stay at those places, I'm the type of person that I that would very much influence my decisions based on whether or not they had that feature. Like I would pick a hotel based on that if I if I could afford to. Yeah. That would be really cool. And I like the driver's license. That you can add to the wallet. Now, yeah, of course, people like you and I, there. we have it in one password, but that's mm-hmm. just more for our benefit than for right. any official reason. And I know that when I go through the TSA, I always have a backpack when I'm traveling, but my mm-hmm. wa- in, and the license is in my wallet. My wallet is in my backpack. And then I have to dig out, you know, put the put everything down and pull everything, you know, yes, pull out. No. That's, now and the phone. I love my case, my iPhone wallet case. The f- I, that's what I love about yeah, that. The phone is in my pocket, or it's in a front mm-hmm. pocket, zippered compartment in my backpack that can easily just go zoop, open it up. Here you mm-hmm. go. And they uh, supposedly all the TSA's will take it. Well, we'll find out because um, mm-hmm. I always, you know, you. Will, I, I mean, I'm never going to not carry my wallet and not carry my actual license well, that's with just me. It. I don't think we're there yet. I think we got a while to but go. But it will be nice to be able wallet. to say at the TSA, here you go. Here's my mm-hmm. license. And mm-hmm. because they don't do anything with it, they just look at it to make know, sure yeah. that, you know, I'm me. Mm-hmm. I still have to go get my license replaced. I only got it done in the last couple of years. I mean, usually out here in Arizona, that was one of the first things I, I was shocked about when I first came out here that, that licenses, I don't know what the year is, but it's a really long time, put it that way. Yeah, like out when I lived out east, it was like every four years. It's not typically that way out here. It's much, much longer. Um, but I did have to get mine replaced because it did expire. And that was a couple of years ago. And so I was expecting to have it for a really long time. But here it turns out I have to go back in because now they have that. I think it's called Real ID. Yeah. And there's a hologram and stuff like that. I have to go get that done. So I still have to go get a new license with that. I guess the expiration is like October or something like that. So I got to go get that taken care of. But I, I just, there are, there were a lot of features that I thought to myself, and this is one of those where I just thought, yeah, this is a really nice thing to have, but it's not altogether that practical just yet, only because of adoption. Like even out here, I mean, part of the problem is we're just, we're not 
going in many places. We're not, you know, spending money outside of the house as much as we used to. But even when we did, I always felt really frustrated that there was only a few select stores. And of course, they're usually like higher end kind of stores. But, you know, even like a Walgreens will have it. But I always got frustrated about the lack of adoption for Apple Pay out here. And I just thought, what is the point of having a digital wallet if you can't use it? In most of the places where you go. I mean, that's just in my my own personal lifestyle. And I know that, you know, people who are wealthier and more connected or live in more populated areas have access to all this kind of stuff. But the rest of us are like, yeah, meh, whatever. <laughs> so I wasn't I, I thought that was a great feature. I couldn't get too excited about but, it. You know, it just Apple Pay just has nothing to do. I, I know what you're saying, but Apple Pay to use it has nothing to do with being a big store or, a, you know, wealthy or anything like that. It's something that's on your credit card machine. My husband has a small store. He has okay. Apple Pay. It's just well, a yeah, matter. I mean, I'm a merchant through Square. Yeah. I offer so Apple it's just clients. a matter of will these different stores use it? You know, Walmart well, doesn't. I wonder. Use like it. even Lowe's. Lowe's is like one of my favorite yep, stores. Lowe's they doesn't. Still don't have. Nope, Apple Lowe's Pay. doesn't have it. But when I go, Why? when I go to, Why won't they adopt it? I don't understand. All the grocery stores have, have it. To- by me. So, so from your perspective, would they have to buy a whole new terminal? Do they have? To, is it because of the expense involved in the replacement of the hardware? Is that is that what the problem? I mean, it's is? possible. Like, I know. Back? I know. When my husband had to go through getting a new credit card machine because the system it had finally it was old and it it died. Yeah. And he got it. I forget how many years ago it was. It was a few years ago. But I I was looking at it one day and I said, "Look, you have Apple Pay." And he said, mm. not too many people use it. And I don't know mm. if it's because not too many people have Apple Pay that are his customers, or they just don't realize that they, they can. They just don't realize it. Yeah. And they don't know how to use it and that sort of thing. Or people are kind of afraid because it's still oh. kind of new. Oh, I and, use it yeah. everywhere. Oh, if yeah, I see I Apple it, Pay, and a couple of times mm-hmm. I have said to businesses who are being really, really good during COVID about having used pens and clean pens and sanitizing mm-hmm. and whatnot, I would say to them, do you have Apple Pay? And they'd say, no. I'm like, "That's this is the best time to have Apple Pay because exactly. it's completely contactless. Nobody exactly. touches anything. You don't sign anything. This is the best time to have it. I think it's just a lack of education and awareness. And I mean, it could be that there's not enough signage or something. Like just yesterday, the client that I worked with, that was one of their questions. They wanted to know, well, okay, now I have the Apple card, but how do I use it? What, you know, they know how to use the card, but they didn't understand the concept of the wallet. So I just think, you know, when they went, they actually went in person for an appointment at an Apple store and they got their needs taken care of and purchased new devices and stuff. But it seemed to me like, they didn't really get an education on what this was. It was like the person who helped them just signed them up for it so that they could, you know, get their 3% all that kind of stuff, which is great. But they didn't really teach them like, okay, this is what to expect. So that's where I come in. And then I kind of handhold and, you know, okay, so we looked at this was all remotely, but we looked at it together, like, you know, here it is in your wallet. Yes, I I didn't get quite as far into it. Like they told me it was yellow. And I was like, oh, that's because you purchased something in that category, because you Mm -hmm. know how it changes Mm -hmm. colors, right? That could be a little confusing for people if they don't if they don't know to expect that. So I, there's just like these little details that I see that are overlooked by people, and that can really either make or break whether something gets adopted or not. It's just it's it's not as intuitive as Apple would like to think it is, and you know it's just the adoption rate. So I do I do wonder what is the deal? Like what is causing the holdup? It's been how many years now? Why aren't more places um, offering it? And like Lowe's, like, I mean, Lowe's is a huge chain. Like, 
I can understand, for example, like maybe like why Walmart wouldn't offer it because they have their own thing going on. So that would be, you know, I guess a competition or a conflict of interest or something like that. I mean, I think that stinks. And I, I think that you should be allowed to use whatever payment system is available. But I kind of I get it. Like, I get why they do that. But what's Lowe's excuse? <laughs> you know, come on, get with the program here. So, yeah. yeah. And one other thing with wallet, and this is silly, I admit it, but you can now archive passes. And there are certain passes that I keep because they're, uh, to see, me, they're, the, they're souvenirs. I they're souvenirs. I, I don't keep things exactly. like uh, boarding passes. Once I get home from the trip, I delete those. But I have passes for when I bought tickets for mm-hmm. the NCAA championship, one of the games that was here, and we had to cancel because of COVID. That totally makes sense. But I mean, I, I do that I keep too. it because I, every I have, now and then I yeah. look at it and go, oh. Yeah, it's a memento. Or my boarding passes from getting on the ship. You know, those are yeah. things that yeah. I still love. So I so it's yeah. nice to have those, but then also at the same time, keep them aside so that they don't get mixed in with my current passes that I'm using actively. That's an interesting thing that you bring up because I wonder if there's going to be like a COVID memento, like a... Um, a COVID artifact or something like like those boarding passes. They're kind of an artifact of like what our life was like before. I mean, you know, in the future, you're going to want to go on cruises again. But let's say that there's just something. I can't think of what it was, what it would be just yet. But there might be something that goes away permanently. And we, we want to keep those artifacts of like the time from before. There's, you know, I've even, I noticed that about myself, like in my alarm section, it has taken me a really long time. There are certain alarms that I had set for certain appointments or certain things that I used to do regularly. And I just couldn't, like, for the longest time, I could not delete them. I, I, cause I kept thinking maybe that, that life will come back, you know, and I'll be able to just flip that switch on again and use those alarms. I'll be able to go do those things again. Or, you know, just even, I mean, one simple one I, that I still just, have not been able to get rid of is picking the kids up from school or dropping the kids off to school. I I have not been able to get rid of those alarms despite like pulling my kids out of school, even though there was hybrid available and keeping them home to keep them safe. I do want them to go back in the classroom someday. And I miss that. They need to go back in the classroom. And I miss that that life from before, if, as much as I hated getting up, you know, so early in the morning and putting on clothes and you know, having to go drive them. But it was like I'd put on my my yoga pants. I'm like one of those moms, you know, to go drop them off at school and stuff. But I, I, I miss that. You know, that was like the part of our, our lives that, that kept us, you know, whole and regular and that being missing. That's been those are the, the alarms that I have not been able to delete yet. There's been a couple others I'm like, yeah, I don't need that anymore. And I've been able to let go of it, but I have not been able to let go of those. So I just think it's interesting that you, that you bring that up. There's going to be these like artifacts and, it, and it's nice that there's a way to to archive them. I don't know what that looks like, though. Have you have you? Seen no, I don't know like? what it looks like. I'll have to wait and see. It was in the notes somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So um, before we go too much further on our show notes, I do have all prepared. Um, Apple's really organized about this. I know, I've noticed this over the years. Like this is not our first rodeo. We kind of do this as like a tradition every year. And I noticed that they're really good about giving you a, a preview and then an overview, like a complete list of all of the features. And I'm still digging through all of that stuff because there's just so much eye candy in there. There's so many things to look at. For me, it's really, really important because, you know, I work with clients. I have to know about this stuff. I have to know what's going to come at me, you know. Um, you know, it's great that they have all these features, but some of the features, and, and as we go through, I'll, I'll point those out. There are going to be some features where they're going to be turned on by default. Apple's, you know, pretty good about 
leaving all the things turned on for the most part so that they can be discovered by people. But then the problem is people don't understand that you can disable them. There, I mean, it is as, as much as these new features are really great, me as a consultant, as someone who trains people, as a field technician, I look at the stuff and I think, oh my God, there's so much more to learn. There's so many little intricacies and it's just, it just adds layers of complexity. It adds layers of awesomeness, but layers of complexity that I have to know what the intricacies are so that when it comes time for someone to say, well, why is it doing this? And I don't know, you know, because like that switch is now enabled on most everybody's phone that will automatically upgrade your device. And this is one of those things where there are going to be some big changes where people are going to wake up one day, their device is going to be upgraded, and they're going to be like, why does it look so different? You know, it's going to be a little bit of a shock to their system. And there's a lot of people that just don't like change. You know what I mean? They want to, I would rather that they were more prepared for it. But of course, they're not going to go and look at this list, you know, so um, the next thing I had on my list was uh, the shared with you stuff, like sharing photos. I think that'll be interesting. What do you think is going to happen to our little Goopod uh, group text there when we start sharing. It, it says that it'll only share the important pictures, like the ones that you were there for, because, you know, we share memes and right. and gifts and all that kind of stuff back and forth. So I wonder what that's going to look like. You know, you guys take pictures of your pool and your and Kevin Snow and <laughs> is it all going to end up in my library or you know, how's that going to work? I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of tuned out a little bit with that one, to be totally honest. It just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the the data detection and the OCR in the in the pictures that blew me away. I mean, it was like, oh wow, finally. I mean, there's I I, I actually couldn't believe that that was actually going to become a thing. I mean, I OCR has been around for a really long time when you scan a document, but like it usually has to be really crisp, really readable text in order for it to be imaged properly. So the examples that they showed of something where, you know, it was a sign behind someone's head and it was in, in cursive and, you know, just a sign like that was handwritten, all of the handwritten whiteboard notes, I couldn't believe that it could it could read that and parse that so easily. That that was pretty mind blowing. I thought that was really, really cool. I am excited to use that. I'm gonna use that a lot, I think. What did you think of that? Like I said I kind of tuned out. I'm I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm a I take pictures I'm not a photographer and I'm just not it's just it's not that important to me I see I do so much documentation I have probably have, I mean I have tons of photos I have I think I'm over like 70,000 pictures now but see you gotta remember a lot of that are there are a lot of screenshots I take a lot of screenshots I take a lot of documentation pictures my camera on my phone is kind of my brain I mean I take pictures of stuff to remember it I love that in the last update, they added, remember, I got so excited about the captioning, because now when you take a picture, you can just swipe up a little bit, mm -hmm. and then right. you can start typing your right. caption. I'm starting to use that more and more now, because then I want to be able to find something. Like, um, I, I'll give you an example that I can think of. I just took uh, pictures, you know, we're cleaning out the house and stuff. I took a pictures of a bunch of clothing that I want to donate, and I want to take somewhere and get, like, you know, a tax credit for it. And so you got to know, like, you know, you have to estimate about how much each piece is worth and that sort of thing. So I 
I laid everything out on my dining room table and I snapped a picture of it. Now, because we're so busy and I'm so scatterbrained, I knew that I'm probably going to forget about that. And then come tax time, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember like there's there's clothing that we donated. I need to go and document that and figure out what that's going to be. Well, now, since I took a picture of it, now you can put it in your notes, too. And that's something that I also do. But in order to be able to find the picture, I made sure that I put a, you know, uh, tax credit, you know, donation, clothing donation. I loaded it with a bunch of keywords so that later on when I'm like in a fog, I can at least remember a couple of the keywords and then go look that up. So I find that feature really handy. And so this just this ability to be able to snap a picture of something and find the text on it and see the data detectors that just adds to that. That's just going to make my life, you know, a lot more fun <laughs> when it comes to documenting stuff, because I do that all the time. I'm really, really going to get a lot of use out of that feature. Do you want to, um, I mean, we kind of like said a couple of our, our favorites. Do you want to go through the list, like, and just kind of cherry pick an order? Do you want to go well, through this, the preview? This one, um, I know you're going to like, too, because I thought of you, the new health information. Oh, yeah. About mm-hmm. being able to share with others. So, you know, whether it's parent and child or spouses mm-hmm. or, you know, even if it's just, you know, cousins, whatever, you can keep an eye on a loved one's health, make sure they're doing okay. Because you know how it is. Sometimes your loved ones, mm-hmm. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But you get these notifications that maybe their blood sugar is dropping, or maybe they fell, or maybe there's their, their heartbeat is going just a little bit too fast on a regular basis. You can make sure that they get you know proper medical attention that they probably that, wouldn't do on their own. That really, really piqued my interest. I thought that's really fantastic. Of course, I think right away of my parents, my, my in-laws, and family members that I care about. I wonder, though, how, again, it's one of those things of like, how practical is it really going to be if people don't want that kind of invasion, if they don't want to, if they don't want to use it? Um, It's going to be one of those things where I just, it's fantastic, and I hope people use it. But I can see just just working with people, working with a lot of people, like just knowing, like getting to know families, getting to know people, getting to know people in certain age groups, their personalities. There are some people that are going to be like, yes, this is good. I want this. Then there are going to be some people that say, I wanted this. I, I do want this. They're going to forget about it. And then they're going to like, you know, they might have some cognitive decline or, or dementia or Alzheimer's is going to creep in. And then they're going to be like, well, why are you invading my privacy? I don't want this. I never I never said this. And you know what I mean? It's going to be it's going to be touchy. It's going to be really touchy for people. And I can think of family members right now that are like, nope, absolutely not. Forget about it. That's my business. I don't, you know, I just know that there are certain family members that are really stubborn and they don't want to ask for help. They don't want to be a burden. They, they, you know, they have their reasons. I, I can, I get that. I hate being a burden on my family, but I, I like this idea. I just think it's going to be difficult to implement in a lot of families. I just, I worry about the adoption of this and, and you got to get this right when it comes to explaining how this is because it could feel like a real invasion of somebody's privacy because it's just so much to understand for somebody who needs it, you know, for an, for an older person who's just not, you know, steeped in all of this kind of stuff and all of this knowledge. So it's going to take some tender, loving care and some some white glove treatment to try to get people to understand that, no, this is actually helpful. Like this, this can help us help you, just that some people don't want to be helped. So it, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. I got really excited the other day when I saw, I got a notification. So I, I wonder if some of these are like a soft rollout because I got a notification that um, 
one of the labs where I go to get my blood work done is participating in Apple Health. And I got really excited because even it, there was like lab work from 2020 that showed up. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and then it had some that I had done several months ago. What frustrates me, though, <clears throat> is that I go in there and I look and I think, oh, you know, wow, I can look at my labs and I can see all my levels and all that kind of stuff. But not all the doctors use the same labs. And if that lab doesn't participate, then you don't get all that stuff in one place. And it's just it's like a big tease <laughs> because of the adoption. It's just not being adopted everywhere. None of my doctors in my network are are participating in it. So I can't get any of the other stuff out of that. So it's just about the adoption that frustrates me. But I guess, you know, the future will get here eventually and we'll get there. Yeah. But the other thing that was also good, too, with the Apple ID, account recovery contacts and digital legacy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that, that really is great. It's exciting and it's scary at the same time because, again, it's one of those things where I have a feeling there are going to be people asking me if I can be added or they might not even ask me. And I just I'll end up finding out sometime. I, I don't know exactly how that works. Like, does the consent work both ways or do they just pick you? Because, for example, the first thing I thought about when I saw that, when I saw the um, add a legacy contact, I thought, oh, Facebook does that. I just had an issue with a client who uh, wants to de deactivate their Facebook account. I mean, this is, you know, a thing that's probably going to happen a lot. And the issue is they don't remember. <laughs> See, this is a problem. They do not remember. There are four, four different, I think they, I don't think they're called, I guess they are called legacy contacts or something very similar to that name, but it is a Facebook feature. And if you don't know about it, you really, really should. Everybody should go check it out because I don't want this to happen to anybody else where somebody set up their legacy contacts. Now, see, I have a feeling that either this person was, I'm using air quotes here, helped. I, they could have been hacked. I'm not sure. I'm still investigating this because it's taking time. And um, But this person does not remember setting up these digital legacy contacts. And I know this person well enough to know that the people that are selected are not people that they would have selected on their own. They're, they're just not. They're acquaintances. They're not trusted people. In fact, here's the other problem. When I went to try to, I'm still in the process of trying to figure out how to deactivate this account for this person. And we're stuck right here in this, in this problem where they, there have been four legacy contacts that have been picked, whether by this person and they don't recall or this person was helped and they just don't remember it, but it doesn't make sense. These four legacy contacts that were picked out of the four, only one of them is actually active on Facebook. I know that because I'm helping the person and I'm actually able to see their activity in their account. In fact, actually, I didn't have to be logged into their account because I can't get logged in. I was able to just look these people up on my own, you know, just do a search for their, their profile. And I can see now, of course, everybody picks and chooses what they share, but it looks like the people that are selected have not been active on Facebook for years, like 2017, 2019. You know what I mean? It could be that they are and they just have their posts selected. They're not being shown. But I get the feeling that some like one or two of the people that are on this list wouldn't even know that that feature existed. You know what I mean? So I have a feeling that something's not right there. Can't your client just take them off? No, because they can't get into it. They can't get into their account because that's where they've stopped because they're locked out of their account. They forgot their password. Okay, this this just happens, right? Okay. They're locked out of their account in order to be able to recover the account, just as this says, it's it's an it's a recovery tool, right? 
they have to know, they have to know and trust those recovery contacts. So the way it's supposed to work is, let's say, you know, you have, you know, you have your person, and then they pick four people, they're supposed to know who those four people are, and have their phone number or their email address, or, you know, some way to contact them. And it needs to be quick too. remember, because it, they're going to issue a six digit verification code, and those verification codes expire. So the four people that you pick, and I don't know what it is with Apple yet, I don't know. I mean, I saw two in the list, but in Facebook, I think it's up to five, and this person that I'm trying to help has four. And the issue is, I'm just using this as an example because it's a field experience that's, that's currently happening. So there are four legacy contacts picked. This person doesn't know who they are, doesn't know how to contact them. And even if they did, let's say if they did know how to contact the person, what if they only have their email address? Like when you select these recovery contacts, it needs to be somebody that you can call or text and that that person is responsive. And in my world, <laughs> most of the people, like they know how to text, but they're not the type of people that text regularly. In other words, they don't have their phones on them all the time, even though maybe they should. Um, but they're not the type of people that you can rely on to get that code. You can call them. So that's that's different. You know, you that would work. If you trust and know these people and you have their phone number and they're the type of people that because they see that you're calling, they will answer the phone, then, you know, but like even, I mean, I don't even know, like I couldn't even use my sister probably because there's times when I text her and she doesn't get back to me for, you know, an hour or two. I'm I'm the same way at times, you know, if maybe... If maybe that you you said in the text, I really need to get a hold of you. This is really important. I need this code, and it's you know kind of a timely, a timely matter. Um, then you know maybe there would be a sense of urgency there. But there are times when I know that you know she's not available. So then, of course, I would use my husband. But um, I'm I'm privileged in that in that regard where I do have people that I could pick that I know I could probably get a hold of. But I just know that there are plenty of people who don't have that in their lives. They just don't have people that they can contact that quickly for that reason. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just, I just, I, I, I think it's a great concept and I think it's going to help a lot of people. I think it's going to present maybe some problems with other people. So the jury's still out on that for me. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it's a good idea. Oh, I think it's a fantastic idea. And, I, I just, and if I remember, you, you see how I see the pitfalls. Yeah, of these I mean, if I, remember I have correctly, to be ready for it when it happens, they were saying, so if you were my recovery contact, you would have a code. Mm -hmm. for me that you would stick in your one password. And then when I notified you and said, hey, I need that code, you would just text me the code so I could get back into Is my Is that how it works, though? It's I, not a, it's not a code because that would be great. If that works, that would be more helpful because in the case, see, I'm only comparing this to what I know so far. So if in, in the case of Facebook, it's a code that this, that somebody will get. But I think it said that it's, you know, it's on a time thing. I, I could be wrong I about that. But I thought it said that if I made you my contact, you would have a code that you would just stash away somewhere. And I could be completely wrong, but this is how I'm remembering yeah. it. That you would have a code, you would stash away, but you would not be able to use it to get into my account. It would not work. Oh, sure. You know, but yeah, they, no, made, they made that clear. If they, made, a... they made it clear that you would have no access to my account. And then when, I, right. when it came time for me having a problem, I could say, Melissa, could you send me that code? And then mm -hmm. I would get in. Right. Now... So this this just needs some some digger some some deeper digs into it because then I would I have a, have a question like okay well what happens like let's say you know you and I are are each other's recovery contact. 
that would be great because you use one password, I use one password, we would both store that code and that would be great. But then what happens once that code is used? Do you get a new one? <laughs> you know, like, the, or is it, is it, is it, is it a one-time thing? I mean, yeah. it's just the fact that it's a six-digit recovery code. And in my mind, recovery codes expire. Yeah. Recovery codes are time-sensitive. And that could very well be. And it could, so it could very well be that if I need the code, I have to reach out to – I mean, I, I don't know. Because I, it, it doesn't really make sense for me to reach out to you and then you have to reach out to Apple and say, hey, I need Elisa's recovery code. That's work on you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. That that's you know you you know which which is not fair to you as my. No, I think the way contact. you explained it would it should, be fantastic. I just I just don't know if it works that way. Like I've got be great somewhere. Oh, that. I can't remember. Is it? I can't remember now if it's Dropbox. Somewhere in my one password, I maybe it's Google. I forget now. But I have a list of like ten different recovery codes if I forget my password, so that oh, I yeah, can get into yeah. an account. It's Google, so, yeah. So I think, I think it's Google it. and Dropbox. Yep. So I've got those stashed away in one password, but they're not time right. sensitive. Those are my not codes, and nobody else but once can you have use them. One, it's gone. But once you use one, then you have to delete that from your one password. So, Correct. So yeah, I think it's it's probably going to be a combination of those things. I would just I need to dig deeper into that and yeah, find out we'll more find the details. Out. Again, it's just one of those things. I just I have to be ready for it for when it becomes available because it's going to be it's going to be an issue. Yeah, and the digital um, legacy is great because. Yeah, something happens to you. Your husband can go into your Apple ID, can you know, go into your phone, can go into your iPad, and maybe you yep. pay the bills and he doesn't, or there's things going on that he has no access to that you take over. He can digital legacy is you know like very near and dear to my yeah. heart, and it's it's something that I'm, I'm I was really really happy to see. It was almost kind of like hmm, you know, that's taken quite a while because how many times have have you have people asked the question of like, well, what happens when? I mean, that's always been my question. What happens when you're a part of a family, an iCloud family sharing account, and you're you're um, what is it called? The organizer, the family organizer. What happens when the family family organizer dies? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, do you just you have to contact Apple, of course, and like you have to provide a death certificate and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in our case, you know, I've told I've told you this before. My husband's the family organizer, but I'm the one who set it up. I have all the passwords. I'm actually mm-hmm. the family right. organizer. Right. We just picked him. I, I have my reasons for why we picked him. Like we were sharing, well, it's basically because we were sharing an Apple ID at the time because that didn't exist. And and I, I joked with my husband. I said, I said, honey, I'm trying to digitally divorce you. <laughs> I'm trying to like separate and, and have my own Apple ID with stuff. But I'm finding it really difficult because so many of the pieces of software and, you know, some of the big ones that we spent a lot of money on were purchased under our shared Apple ID, which I made his Apple ID. You know, I could have just had, I could have just taken that ID and made it something else. But see, they only give you... I think it's a total of six yeah. in, in the family. And I didn't want to use up one bank just for that alone. So I just made that shared ID his Apple ID. I should have made it mine, but I didn't want that email address to be my mm-hmm. Apple ID. Right. I wanted it to be my, my business name. So I have my reasons. But anyway, you know, suffice it to say that we had already kind of like set the stuff up. And now this just kind of is is accentuating that. And I'm really happy to see that again. FaceTime has, or not FaceTime, Facebook has already been doing this for a number of years where they have, you know, the legacy contacts. In fact, I really encourage people to go, if they have a Facebook account, whether or not you have decided you're just not going to use it anymore, Facebook is really, really integrated into a lot of our society, whether you like it or not. 
And the fact that you have an account, and if you don't deactivate it properly, it's like it's, I always equate it to a credit card. Um, people just think that, well, I don't use this, you know, Sears or whatever. I don't use this credit card anymore. I'm just going to take a scissors to it, cut it up, throw it in the trash. That means that I don't have that credit account anymore. Wrong. It's still on your credit report. These kinds of things are kind of like, in a way, like part of your social credit report. If you have a Facebook account or an Apple ID, and even if you don't use it, it still exists. It still exists out there, just like a credit card, just like a credit account does. Someone could somehow, you know, hack a system and get access to that and use it to spoof your identity and use it against you. Same thing with a social credit. If you have an account or an ID for some social graph that you're not using anymore, if you don't maintain it, or if you pass away and you don't have it secured with, you know, 2FA or whatever, or have these legacy contacts, somebody can get in there, as I just explained. I mean, this happened to a client, so I know it can happen somehow. Whether, again, air quotes, whether she was helped or whether something, you know, hacked this person, I don't know, but it happens. And it can happen to you if you don't take care and manage that stuff. And if you're gonna, if you're not gonna use it, then close it out the right way, go through the motions, deactivate it and get it closed out and, you know, and dealt with. Don't just like leave it out there. And then it's just kind of like low hanging fruit, like somebody can get at. Because if you just forgot about it, and don't secure it, somebody's going to capitalize off of that and use it as an identity. They're going to say, oh, this actually belonged to a person that had a heartbeat at one time, you know, I can use this. And I mean, that would be Keep horrible. Mind, there's a difference. Bit- deal with that. There's a difference between deactivating and closing a Facebook account. Deactivating oh, just yeah. means it's mm-hmm. basically, True. I'm just taking a break. All your mm-hmm. stuff is still there. Any of your pictures, all your contacts, everything is there. You're just, you just don't show up anymore in a search. Great point. Yep. So, and then that way you can reactivate and everything is the same as it was when you left it. If you want to say, mm-hmm. I am done with Facebook, I want nothing to do with it, you have to completely quit it and close it out. And close out the account. Yep. Just like in a credit card, you have to call that creditor. Mm-hmm close out the account, get the the paperwork in writing, mm-hmm. get something in writing that's official, and then go check your credit report and make sure that it doesn't show up on there anymore. You know, try to log into that Facebook account and see if you can no longer log into it. Like, try to hack yourself. So yeah, really, really great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of this digital, I mean, we could talk about digital legacy all day mm-hmm. long, because like I said, it's a, it's a topic that I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. but I'm really happy to see them take those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to like, let's go to the the list and let's just try to, because I have notes here and I kind of want to go in order. Um, Let's see. So I'm looking at the, so like I said, Apple has like a complete list. It's called new features available with iOS 15. They started out with FaceTime. Um, Yeah, the audio stuff is really great. Portrait mode is really cool. Um, The FaceTime links, it's almost as if they're, again, it's like, uh, Facebook has already done some of these things. Now Apple is doing it, but they're doing it in a really polished way. I think that we can say the same thing for Zoom, right? I mean, Zoom has already been at this game for a while. I mean, sure, FaceTime has been around longer than Zoom and done all of these things. But now they're bringing these kind of Zoom-esque type features, like, for example, FaceTime links. So you can now schedule a FaceTime call. And did you see that um, you can now have FaceTime calls with people who are in, who are on Android devices right. or Windows devices. I thought that was really cool. The grid view, that's definitely something that we struggle with. The rare times that we do have multiple people 
on a FaceTime call, it is frustrating. Remember how like the bubbles kind of float around? It goes all around and then one person gets really, really big and then they move. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be it'll be nice to keep them consistent. Totally. Or, you know, if you don't like that feature, then there's the grid view. So, you know, again, these things kind of like we we kind of have come to expect this kind of a layout in Zoom. And I'm happy to see them bring that to FaceTime. Um, then there's, yeah, like I said, there's calendar in- integration. So I wonder, I wonder if, if people are going to start using FaceTime. May, I don't know. I don't know if they'll jump ship and, and abandon Zoom for FaceTime. I mean, it does have the security implications that it's like a lot more secure with all the, the encryption and stuff. Um, it clearly shows you if you're muted. A lot of the, we were talking about the sharing, um, to start out with the sharing, share play, watch together. I think that would be fun to watch a TV show together. Um, listen to music together. There's so many times where my son and I, you know, he'll be listening to a song and he wants to share it with me or I want to share it with him. I think that will be fun for families. Like I said, the, the share play, share your screen. That's my, one of my favorite, if not my favorite feature of this whole thing, being able to give somebody support, you know, so many times mom or dad calls and they need help with something. I'm, I'm really looking forward to just being able to say, here, let me show you how to do that or here this is where you tap or share your screen with me so i can see what what the question is because they have a hard time putting stuff into words um anything else in the facetime area that you like no then messages i was really excited um how many times like you know when when we're texting each other we're across well you guys are in the same time zone but i'm way the heck out here and we always have to combat the the time zone so in our in our group text you know, I keep it in do not disturb. And then that way, you know, we text each other all hours of the day and nobody gets really bothered by it. But I I sometimes wish that with other people, for example, like we all have that understanding. Like we've all, you know, that we've been doing this for years now, right? But there might be somebody that you engage in a conversation with or for me, like, for example, a client or something like that where I would like them to know that I'm getting their messages, but I have do not disturb enabled. You know, I, I, there are times when I would like the other person on the other end to know that I have do not disturb on so that they know, like, that they can text me. I'm tired of having that conversation of, like, well, you know, we're, we're time zones across and just know that I keep my phone and do not disturb. So if you want to tell me something and it's 3 a.m., your time, don't feel guilty about it. Just send me the text because you're not going to wake me up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's other people that just don't know that they can do that or they don't. For a while ago, like there's people that I would like to be able to text, but they don't keep their phone and do not disturb. And I don't want to disturb them. And that would be rude. But then you have to keep track of like all those people. You have to know who minds and who doesn't mind. And it's just, I don't know, it's a whole etiquette thing. So I'm excited to see that. Um, Sharing links with Safari sharing Apple Music. I mean, sharing all of these things will be really helpful when it comes over in a text. I really like that you can then pin those kinds of things and look at them later. I like that. Because how many times, we we talked about this on an episode, where somebody texts you something and you just don't have time to deal with it right now, but you're afraid that 15 more texts are going to come through and then it's going to go way, you know, you right. have to scroll to get to it. Yeah. You and I do that all the time. So I think this is going to be really, really helpful. Um, I noticed this in the list here. It says SMS filtering for Brazil. It says messages features on device intelligence that filters unwanted SMS messages, organizing them into promotional, transactional and junk folders so your inbox can stay cluttered free. They're treating messages as email in a way. This feels very like Gmail. I was going to say, it sounds like Gmail and I would 
hate it. I, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't want that. I'm glad that it's not a, it's a very country specific thing. It's only in Brazil. They must have maybe yeah. some kind of laws or, or maybe or they just of, have a huge yeah. problem. Yeah, with exactly. a lot of it's junk. Like, I, Can I get exactly. junk texts? I mean, my husband gets some, he'll, he'll all of a sudden he'll say to me, and I, I won't even repeat it, but he'll, you know, <laughs> let's just say um, it, it has to do with manhood. So, and, and he'll just say what it says and he'll, and he'll show me the text. I'm like, there's like a little swipe button where you hit delete. You know? yeah, yeah. And, and I get those now and then, you know, I get these ridiculous kind of emails, uh, textness, and, and usually three o'clock yeah. in the morning. But they're just emails like, oh, honey, you haven't gotten a picture. Come on. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just getting a spam email. Yeah, it's like, bye bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> get that eggplant out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you want to move on to iPad OS? Uh, let me see if there was something else real quick. Um, the focus features I thought were really good. Um, but again, it's one of those things where I think it's awesome until one of my clients enables it, didn't know they did it, and then don't understand why they're not getting their notifications for certain things. So that'll be something I'm going to have to look out for. Yeah. Um, I talked about the status, urgent messages. So, you know, you can still get something through if it's urgent. The auto reply thing, you know, like when you're driving and it says, I'm driving right now and I can't take your message. I always thought that was like kind of abrupt. Like I, I just, but I'm glad that it'll be more of a, a little status underneath of it. Let's see. Um, so, no, that'll be Mac OS. You talked about wallet. Spotlight. Photo searches excites me. I'm looking for that. Live text and photos we talked about. We talked a lot about the photos already, taking pictures of the text. What else? Uh, we did talk about health a little bit. Um, it says in the expanded notes, it says blood glucose highlights. Receive highlights that show your blood glucose levels during sleep as well as during exercise. Interactive charts make it easier for you to review your blood glucose data. Now, I looked at the footnote. It just says that it's only available in the U.S., but where are they getting that data from? I'm wondering if that's part of the next Apple Watch. I wonder, too. That was the first thing I thought. I thought, is this uh, is this a little... Because uh, that that's here? part of the rumor that the next Apple Watch uh-huh. is supposed to have blood glucose monitoring. So or are they talking about existing third party devices? Because, you know, I just talked to a client a couple of days ago who has one. Are they talking about third party devices that already do track glucose? Like there's this thing you can this little tab that you can actually put on the inside of your arm and it will monitor your your glucose. It'll blast for like three months or something before you have to replace it. So I wonder if it's those kinds of things or not. Share health trends with messages, share health data with others. We talked about that notifications, you know, that's going to kind of, I don't know, it's it's either going to work or it's not. Walking steadiness, I, I, I watched that and I thought, I'm starting to wear my, now that I have the smaller mini, my adorable little baby iPhone, um, I am starting to wear it in my pocket more. And I, I wonder, I wonder about that because I do worry about my hip health. So the walking steadiness thing really interested me. Oh, COVID-19 immunizations and test results. It says scan a QR code from your healthcare provider and store your COVID-19 immunizations and test results securely in the health app. Remember, we were talking about doing this in one password. Now you're going to be able to do it directly within the health app. In fact, just the other day, I can show you a screenshot later. um, I did get a notification for the health app that there is an immunization section. and But see, again, it's because the place where I got my vaccination is a big like hospital. 
in a network and they participate with Apple Health. The place where my son got his, the place where my husband got his, they don't participate in Apple Health, so they don't have it. So I actually have like a vaccine passport already. So I think that's interesting. Um, what else? Mail. Mail privacy protection. We already, I was interested, that was interesting. I thought we kind of already had that where, remember we were talking to Simon the other time and he was telling us about all of the throwaway email addresses and stuff. I was thinking about him because I thought, oh, I did too. Their features, yeah, because they're going to put those people out of business. (laughs) That's something else that they're offering. Mm Hmm. I kind of already thought we had that where when you want to, if you wanted to sign up with something, you could say sign in with Apple instead of like Facebook or Google, right? And it would mask your email address. But this must be something a little different. Now I'm looking in the iCloud Plus section. So there was a couple things that they showcased, but it looks like maybe not all of them that are here in the expanded complete list. It says there's four things. There's iCloud Private Relay. There's HomeKit Secure Video. Hide My Email, which I think is what we were talking mm-hmm, about. Right. And then Custom Email Domain. That looks interesting. So for Custom Email Domain, it says personalize your iCloud mail address with a custom domain name and invite family members to use the same domain with their iCloud mail accounts. So I'm going to be checking into that. That looks very interesting. Um, Home se- HomeKit Secure Video, that was the one where you can use more security cameras. But one of the downsides of using security cameras is you got to pay for all the storage and because they upload the video to the cloud. Well, with iCloud, and they're not charging you extra for it. Remember, we have like the two terabyte plan because we're sharing amongst five different people in the family. We still don't use all of it, but maybe if we get some cameras, we might. Um, it doesn't account against your, but it, does, it doesn't count against your, your storage, so it won't. Um, and then I, what did you think of iCloud Private Relay? I was thinking, does that sound like a VPN to you? But they don't use the term VPN. Yeah, it was it was something like that. So iCloud Private Relay is a service that lets you connect to virtually any network and browse with Safari in an even more secure and private way. It ensures that the traffic leaving your device is encrypted so no one can intercept and read it. Then all of your requests are sent through two separate internet relays. It's designed so that no one, including Apple, can use your IP address location, and browsing activity to create a detailed profile about you. That sounds kind of VPN-y It, it does. It does. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to, to dig into that. But more. the difference, though, um, with between mm-hmm. this and a VPN, with VPN, you can use any browser. Now you have to use just Safari. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So if you use Chrome right. or Firefox, you're on your own. Um, there's another feature I wanted to highlight, but I wasn't sure where to put it. So I'm going to put it since we're in the accessibility page of the of the detail list. I got really excited because they showcased AirPods Pro with conversation boost. And that is really going to help me because I have noticed, I don't know if I told you this or not, but when I, when I leave the few times that I do leave the house, when I leave the house now, if I'm going to a new doctor or something like that, I tried it one time and I was so pleasantly surprised wearing both my AirPods Pro in both my ears to drive. And I, and I thought to myself, gosh, you know, this feels like illegal. Like, you know, I mean, like you shouldn't be wearing headphones when you're driving, like not both of them in your ear. I've, I mean, I've been wearing one, you know, an, a Bluetooth earpiece in my right ear for years and years and years because, I mean, it's what helps me get around. But I decided to try it one day because I noticed that when I have my AirPods Pro in, I can actually hear better. And um, I think I think I did it by accident the one time when I was I was going out to the car and had them in my ears, and I had those um, uh, those foam uh, earbuds in my ears, the the little 
add-ons that you can get. And so what happens is I forget that they're in my ears. But I went to get into the car, and then I realized I had them in my ears. But, you know, I had gotten in the car. I, I turned on the engine, had the the air, the AC blowing and stuff, and I thought, wait a minute. I have my AirPods in my ears. I should take these out. But then I thought, I can actually hear everything better. Like I could hear the birds chirping. I could hear the engine better. And I thought, I bet you I could hear better when I drive with these. So I actually, I, now I drive with them in because I feel like I can hear the traffic around me a lot better. So that makes me think that maybe I'll be able to hear conversations better because I already kind of do, it, I don't know, it's, 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 I don't know. I have to experiment with it some more because there are times when, depending on how I have them set or what I'm listening to, yes, I, I can definitely hear the kids, you know, over the stuff. And I need to be able to hear, you know, I need to be able to hear conversations. But I'm looking forward to this feature because I think it will actually help me hear better. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, eh, In-app events, that didn't really um, excite me just that much yet, but that remains to be seen. We talked about Apple Card. We talked about Apple Pay augmented reality my son got really excited about that because he's really into working with 3d rendering and stuff so he got really excited about the um, 3d objects we talked about car keys find my um, that's another thing that they're going to add apple airpods to you're going to be able to use the location for that find my net it says find my network support for airpods uh let's see what else i think let me see if we're through to Notes was cool. Highlights, uh, mentions, and notes. That'll be something you and I should tinker around with. I liked in notes, and this goes through. My understanding goes through the the iPhone, the iPad, and the Mac. They've got Quick Notes, where yes, you can just. That is so exciting, and I think yes. that's going to be great for someone like my father. Where my father is deaf, and he's uh-huh. also he's ninety years old, so he's also cognitively impaired. So he doesn't yeah. hear the doctor or understand what the doctor is saying. So normally oh, what will yeah. happen is I pull out my phone, I have to unlock it, yep. I have to go to notes, You're I have to open have to a new O, and, take notes. and then I have to write everything out for him. I type it out and then show it to him so that he kind of understands what's going on. It'll just make my life so much easier and quicker just to go swipe and start writing out that note for that him. That is so exciting because I, I, I don't know if I told you this story or not, but years ago we went out east to go on a family trip and I went up to, to visit some family up north in Connecticut. I got sick. And I had laryngitis. And I had laryngitis for like weeks. And the kids were still really little at the time. And you can you imagine what it's like to be, you know, a mom with little kids and laryngitis and you can't talk. <laughs> you can't that means you can't yell at them either. So it was really, really challenging. And what I had to do that was really, really helpful was I have an app that's called Big Big Words. And I had an uh yeah, I did I had an iPad at the time. And when I was sitting there having conversations with my dad, I noticed that my dad, he's he is kind of hard of hearing, so am I, but he he does this thing where it's not that he didn't hear you, it's he has auditory processing difficulty. So he goes, huh? Huh? <laughs> you know, and all it is is just a it's a spacer, it's just a filler to say it means when he says huh, it means give me a second. I heard what you said. I have to process it and like fo- refocus my attention and Okay, what did you say? <laughs> you know, and so I was using that to write out and when I was typing, I was typing it out in big that's why it's called big words. And 
I think our conversations were actually better because he could read what I was saying instead of having to say, eh, and then me having to repeat myself. So this is really going to be really helpful for a lot of people. I think that's really going to be great. I can't wait to use that. That's another one I'm really, really excited about. What else? I'm just going through the list here to see if there's anything else that poked out at me. I think we're, yeah, I think we're ready to go on to iPadOS. So let's just go through the list, you know, same kind of things, FaceTime, GridView. Um, there's new, um, what would you say, like new interactions, new user interface kind of stuff. How often do you use your iPad? Are you excited for these? For like split? Multitasking? No, not at all. <laughs> no? It, mm-hmm. I never found it to work. I could never okay. get it to work. In fact, the, I think it was last week or the week before, I was looking at something in email, and I don't know what I did, but all of a sudden, a separate Safari screen opened. Uh-huh. Couldn't get yeah. rid of the damn thing. It yeah. would not yeah. go away. I'm like, I don't right. want you. Go away. So, yeah. yeah I and, and plus, the way I use my iPad, I don't need it to be in split view. And I yeah. still prefer to do everything on my computer. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to use it more and more. And again, this is one of those gotchas where I kind of I have to know how it works because I have gotten calls about this and I have had to go in and like figure it out and and get it done and turn it off because the people I work with will accidentally engage something and then they can't understand how to get rid of it. So, yeah, there's like this magic thing you have to do where you have to swipe it all the way over, but you you can't go too slow. You kind of have to go quicker. It's just a matter of like how quickly and how forcefully and the reaction time and like not everybody has that kind of reaction time to be able to get rid of it and then i think you have to like hide it or something so yeah it, it's it's a little clunky and confusing so this could be really awesome or this could be really awful depending on the type of person yeah. that you are and how you use your ipad uh let's see keyboard shortcuts i guess they've added um it says attach a keyboard and you can view a list of shortcuts yeah that'll be good now putting widgets, widgets finally. yeah. Now putting them on the home screen, that I think I might be able to use, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah, we'll um, see. Some of them are, are really useful. I really enjoy the on this day photo. I, I love having that on my iPhone. I think I might actually put that on my iPad. So widgets was a thing. App library finally. I was looking forward to that. That's kind of like the equivalent of the launch pad on the Mac, don't you think? Uh, I think app library. I never use it. I don't like See, it. I simplified. I got rid of all my stuff, and then that's all I use. <laughs> no, no. I, I I use the first and second. I mean, I've got a lot of pages, but pretty much if it's anything past the first or second page, I just do a search. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. I, I think that's why, the way that I use the app library. Like, I don't actually, like, scroll through it. I, I just kind of go in there, and the stuff that is most prominent, those are the things I use the most. So I might pick it from there, but I do mostly search. Well, I've got the yeah. series suggestions on my iPad. And more often than not, what's in there is what I want. Mm -hmm. Yep, that makes sense. So I just use those. Again, we have the quick notes because that goes across all the devices. The Mm. organize and notify. Again, that's something that you and I should tinker around with and Mm. see how that works for doing our notes because we're just using Google Docs, but I would like to try notes and see how that works. The one thing you have to keep in mind, though, with the notes is I shared a Mm -hmm. note with my husband when we were modeling our bathroom a number of years ago. That counts Mm -hmm. against your storage. Oh, uh-huh. See, I don't, I have the big storage because we just use it so much, but I can yeah. see how if he didn't. Yeah, I've got 200 that I pay for. See, that's the problem with iCloud. They go from 50 to 200 to a terabyte. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't yep. you do 50 
100, yep. 200, 500. You'd be happy with one terabyte. One terabyte would be plenty for us. Yeah, 500 would be good. I'm not quite at 200 yet. I'm, mm-hmm. I think I'm at around 130. And most of it is my genealogy back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I wish that that was a wish thing list thing that didn't happen. I would really like to see, like we talked about before, a bundled, a way to bundle your own, like yeah, your own bundle absolutely. for one. Because, and be able to change the tiers for yeah, the story. Because the bundles they have now, they don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So looks like most of this stuff is the same a lot of this as is an what, overlap. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. same as what was on the phone. Yeah, grid view, but just in a larger screen. I have to say, I really do like Apple's website where they give you the preview because they have these little plus signs that you can click to expand the information, and then they have these automated little uh, animations that demonstrate it for you. I really hope that they do more of that in their tutorials because that would be really helpful for me to be able to say, here, go look at this, and this is how you do it, and then we'll practice it together. Now, this might be good for you, I don't know, but universal control, which to me seemed more like um, advanced sidecar, a more oh, definitely. a more yeah, sophisticated was, sidecar. Yeah. Yeah, I put that in the notes. That was um, head-exploding emoji when I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. I cannot wait to try that. Yeah, emojis. You can get new outfits. That's yeah. you know cute and fun to play with, but eh, meh. Yeah, me. I mean they they're really into memojis. I mean, I like them. I use them. If yeah, they the were, whole crowd was memojis. I mean, I thought that was cool. On the Twitterverse mm-hmm. thought it was creepy. I thought it was kind of cute. But memojis is one of those things where if Apple decides to make it go away, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah, I can understand why it's important for other people because there are people who just don't want to share a photograph of themselves. They would rather protect their privacy. I think it's really about privacy. I think that's why it's so big for them because memojis kind of protect your privacy in a way. It gives you a presence and, you know, an an icon or, or something that's just not, you know, your initials. But it helps people identify you without actually, like, seeing your, your photograph. So there's just people who would rather not have their picture. And I get it. That makes sense. Notification summary. Again, this is going to be one of those things where I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I'm, I'm glad that they are paying more attention to this because what happens is all of the when I work with people and family members and clients alike, what happens is all of the notifications are turned on by default. And so then people are so incredibly bombarded because they don't understand that you have to drill into those. And there are so many layers and so many toggle switches. This is a really complex thing. They don't understand that they can go and turn that off. So, for example, there's somebody that I know who has a news app installed. In fact, they have multiple news apps, um, multiple weather apps. And then what ends up happening is they get all the notifications from these things and Older people tend to have a lot of ADD. It could be like a cognitive decline thing, but they tend to have a really, really difficult time trying to focus on stuff, especially even like if we're working together, they get this barrage of notifications and we could be in the middle of of doing something that's supporting them and they have to stop and they have to go check all the notifications. And I'm like, would you like me to turn those off? And I'm like, yes, please. (laughs) And so I do. And then it kind of makes things a little bit easier for them. Now, of course, I would never turn off, you know, messages and, and phone notifications, but Do you really need to be notified every single time an email comes through? Like that should never be turned on by default, in my opinion, because that is so incredibly distracting. I could see if like you have a a VIP or if there's a certain thread that you want to be notified about. Yeah, that makes total sense. But every single spam email that comes in, it's it's just it's it's just crazy. So um, that really I'm I'm happy to see that they're they're going to try to maybe 
help people out with that because it is really overwhelming. And so the news apps and the weather apps, especially the news apps, so every time a crime is committed, every time something bad happens, which is a lot lately, they get notified of that and it just really just sucks the mood out of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's really bad for people's mental health to have all of these negative news things flashing across their screen constantly. So I, I'm really excited to see how that's going to work out. Again, it's going to be one of those things where um, people are probably not going to know how to customize it. They're going to need some help with that. So I encourage everybody to go talk to your loved ones about that. Help them curate these notifications so that they're not constantly getting bombarded with stuff, but so that they actually see the stuff that's really important to them and get all of the other stuff out of the way. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about this. Um, the Streamline tab bar. So this is we're going to get we're going to talk about macOS soon too. This is one of the things that was a kind of a gotcha for me. I, I think it's awesome, but Safari is one of those things where it's different enough because of the way the tabs are placed now that I think it's going to throw a couple of people for a loop because it looks so different. I mean, to you and I, we're like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's fine. But I think there's going to be enough people that are going to be like, I don't understand why this looks this way. And they're going to be confused by it. So we're going to have to dig into that. And the other thing that I really don't like is I think it's it's a cute thing. It's like nice design-wise that they made the Safari page inherit the colors of the website. But for me, I'm like, this is terrible for my low vision folks. They're they're going to have such a hard time struggling to see that text when it inherits a color that, that doesn't showcase the text well enough. There's not enough contrast there. And I have to give a shout out to Scott and Andy on Twitter because I did ask about this. And they both sent me screenshots, one of them in dark mode and one of them in light mode, because <laughs> that's how we roll. And uh, they did say that, yes, you can you can disable this in the accessibility settings. So now I can calm down about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tab groups, I, I think that'll be great for me. But again, I don't know how other people are going to make use of it. I think it might be really confusing, but I'm happy to see it. Extensions. There's been a couple of times where I've seen an extension and I thought, oh, I wish, you know, like one of them is called What's That Font? And that would be one that I'm, that'll be the first one that I install on the iPad. So that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be good. I mean, Maps looks exciting. I mean, not so much on the iPad and you're not going to be holding an iPad as you're going traversing through a city, but definitely on the phone. I'm going to try to start using Apple Maps more it just makes me nervous because we've talked about this in the past. Yeah. I like Google, Google yeah. Maps better. I prefer Google. But I, I do still prefer it. It's kind of my go-to. But I'm going to try to use Maps more because it looks like they're really trying really hard to make it a better experience. I just, I, I don't know. We'll see. Live text. I think we talked about that a little bit. Visual lookup. Um, that's going to be cool. That's kind of it, kind of exciting, kind of creepy in a way that there's so much that you can look up in your photos. Like that, it's it, I know it's I know it's anonymized, but still, it's like that you can look up something in your photos. It has to be a known object, though. So I think that was there, but I think they've they've um, I think that they've fine tuned it more. Spotlights. We talked about that. Spotlights research and photos. Swift Playgrounds. This one actually did excite me a little bit because I think I'm going to try to tinker around with it <laughs> in my copious spare time, that is. <laughs> uh, but I'm looking forward to digging into that. Uh, yeah, we talked about universal control. Privacy. Audio. Um, we, we didn't talk about this as much, but um, again, with the AirPods Pro, I, it just reminded me of the audio that you can get into your AirPods Pro. You can now get your text messages read to you and reminders. And you know I'm going to love that. iCloud Plus we already talked about. Email. Okay. 
Um, let's move on to macOS. What were you excited about in macOS? Is there anything that does, we didn't already talk about? No. On the Mac? No. I had, didn't, didn't take any notes for the Mac. I'm still on Catalina, and I'm still good with Catalina. I am too. <laughs> yeah. I have no interest in, in upgrading to Big Sur, and I really don't have any interest in upgrading to Monterey, to be honest with you. I have interest in it. I definitely want to do it. I just haven't had the time because, you know, I got to do all the backups and all the yeah. stuff. I mean, the only reason why I'd want to go to Big Sur, and I've said this before, is just to get better messages because the message on the Mac is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely want to pin it. I'm I, I'm really getting the itch to upgrade because of that, too. Yeah. Um, A lot of this stuff overlaps. I think it's interesting that they, they dug so much into iOS. And then, yeah, it did seem like the other ones were not as fully, fe- you know, the presentations weren't as fully featured, but I get it because there's just so much overlap. Yeah. So I mean, they do have something cool. new in the Mac for AirPlay to Mac. So if you want to send a movie or some music from your device to your Mac, you can do that now, or you will be you able know, to I do was, that. I was thinking about that, that that would really help somebody like me in a situation where I'm demonstrating something for a client. If they have a bigger screen, but say we're working on the iPad, one of the things that I'm noticing over the years is that I think that's been really contributing to my arthritis is the types of physical positions I end up having to put myself into because of demonstrating. I'm either sitting aside of somebody or I'm sitting in their chair, but it's, you know, for their height, maybe not mine. I mean, there's all these just uncomfortable kind of workstation type places that I have to cram myself into and get in and out of that is really uncomfortable. But if I had a way to airplay it onto a larger screen, like, you know, their Mac that's in front of them, I could demonstrate things more easily and not have to be, you know, kind of put my neck in a, in a weird position. So I was thinking about how, how interesting and helpful that will be. Yeah. The other big thing for Monterey is shortcuts on the Mac. Yes. So I wonder, yes, the first thing I thought of was Scott. Uh-huh, exactly. We'll have to have Scott back on and pick his brain about that. Yeah. <laughs> and everything else yes. seems to be the same as what's on iOS, mm-hmm. which then brings us to the watch. Yep. Watch OS 8. And I think we talked about most of it with the health features and the wallet features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the photos was cool. I, I like the idea that you can actually do more meaningful texting from the watch. I I kind of just don't do texting from the watch. As I do. As can because it's it's so awkward. Yeah. But it looks like you'll be able to do it more easily. Yeah. Now, so it, that was nice. It'll be nice to it's be able to for, correct spelling. Yeah, because that way when you're doing text, my, you can correct your spelling now. You can mm-hmm. add an emoji in when you're doing scribble. And I yeah, use a really lot great. of emojis because... If you haven't figured it out, I'm a very sarcastic person. So <laughs> I have to end my my sarcasm yeah. with like a smiley face or a wink or something. Right. So the recipient realized, just kidding, just, right. just being a wise exactly. guy. Exactly. Yep. On the other thing that they have um, is, and this is with really Apple Fitness Plus, is they've got new trainers and artist spotlights in Fitness Plus. I was going to ask you about that. You know how we're talking about all that sharing, like share play? Mm-hmm. I want. I didn't see it, and I wonder if it will come to the Apple Watch or the iPad or you know whatever. If you'll be able to share fitness workouts, like you and I could, you can do, do that yoga now. together. You can. Oh, you mean you can together do it at the same time? Oh, okay. I, yeah, like okay. Together. I, I, I miss. Okay, I I answered. I mean, the think question about it. If you can watch a movie I together. Can sh- I can share with you one that I've done, Melissa. You should well, really yeah, do I, this yoga. This is great. 
Yeah, I get excited about that because I see like you, I see Scott, my cousins, like when they do their their workouts, I look at that and I think, oh, I might like to do that yoga. You know, like I want to try that. And it, it, it's really helpful to, to get that information. But wouldn't it be really great if you could just like you can watch a movie with a friend, wouldn't it be really great if you could do a workout with a friend mm. doing yeah, that's Fitness Plus? Almost like taking fun. a class together. Exactly. Yeah. So they've got exactly. the new trainers. The the artist spotlight is rather than having different songs during the workout, it's one artist and their particular song. Hmm. So it's all Lady Gaga for this workout, or all Luke Bryan for this, you know, or whoever they've got as their uh, their their That's particular artist. Yeah. That's really great for fans. That's really cool. Yeah, I I, do, I thought the mindfulness thing was really cool. I thought the new graphic was really really neat. That cannot <laughs> do it. I am no. <laughs> I tried the breathe app every now and then. I and you know yeah. breathe in and then breathe out, and I'm just like stop. I'm too high strung. I am too high strung <laughs> to do those kind of things. They just make they me use you as a test. They subject. <laughs> make me more agitated. Doing things oh, like funny. meditation that are supposed to uh-huh. calm you down, and relax you actually get me more agitated huh yeah i could see i could see that how that would happen yeah i I, I could see that i just used it just a couple of days ago because keegan got a really bad case of the hiccups and i actually took my watch off and put it on him and i was like let's let's breathe through this because he just he let it go like so long and then it was starting to really really hurt him and i really had to step in and help him out with that been there that was really handy Yeah, so I think I think that'll do it. We should we should probably wrap up. Yeah, um, that was our our reactions. A lot of overlap, but of course we expect that. But lots of things to be excited about. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely this is going to encourage me to upgrade to Big Sur because um, I don't want to go like till fall and then be like, well, I just skipped one. You know, so I'm a completionist. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done that. I don't remember if I've ever skipped over. Yeah. An OS. I don't remember. And probably not because in most cases I would have already updated by now. Yeah, that's just it. This is this is really a different trend for me personally. I've, I've usually always, I would wait like maybe, you know, a couple of months, six months or, or so, but I've never waited this no, long. No, I never have. Normally in the in the very, very far past, I would have done it like the next day. Just similar to the iOSs. They come out, boom. I just make sure when it's a brand, yeah. you know, for point updates, I don't worry about so much. But when it's like from 12 to 13, 13 to 14, I do the full backup to iMazing, mm-hmm. make sure I've got my copies, make sure I push yep, through an too. iCloud copy, and then I will do the update. Mm-hmm. And I do those right away as soon as they're available. With this, yeah. I normally would do the same thing. I would do all my backups and boom, do my mm-hmm. my Mac back, my Mac upgrade. And then I started doing it a little further apart. I think because I got burned with um, yeah. Sierra, maybe? Sierra or High Sierra? Was, One of those where they just totally foobarred my pictures. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that took a month working with it, Apple yeah. to get my pictures back. Once bitten, twice shot. I'm like, yep. ah, do I really want to do this again? And I think it's a good time to point out, though, that this software that they're talking about coming out in fall goes all the way back to the iPhone SE. So the, I, both the 20, both the original and the 2020 model. So a lot of devices are going to get this. This goes back to, I want to say, 2015 iMacs and MacBook Pros. So 
there's a lot of devices that are going to be able to upgrade to this. And I kind of think that speaks to their longevity. I have a client that I just worked with the other day remotely who their computer's like 11, 12 years old. <laughs> We're finally talking about like, yeah, I think it's time because they've upgraded their iOS devices, but not their Mac because it just works for them, you know? Yeah, MacBook so. Pro 2015 and later, Mac Mini 2014 and later. MacBook oh. 2016 and later, MacBook Air 2015 and later. So it goes back. My husband's computer can't be updated, but I don't even have him on Catalina. I yeah, have iPad him. iPad OS goes all the way back to iPad Air 2. I think my husband's computer the is still iOS running. Devices. What was before Catalina? Yosemite? Uh, Mojave. Mojave. Okay, that's what he's running because that was my old computer. And I still have mm -hmm. my account on that computer, and there's still some 32-bit apps on that computer. I said, just in case I ever need them, mm -hmm. do not do not update. Yeah. Yeah, and see, my son has games and stuff that he doesn't want to update. The um, iOS 15 goes all the way back to the iPod Touch 7th Gen. Both, like I said, both uh, iPhone SEs. It goes all the way back to the 6S. Wow. So I am very happy that all of the devices in our house will be able to get it. That is very, very cool. I noticed, um, and just this is just a nerdy thing, but I just, I noticed that when they have the headers, like when they're discussing it, they refer to it as iOS 15. But then when they talk about iPadOS, they just call it iPadOS. They don't call it iPadOS 15. So it's iOS 15, iPadOS and then macOS, and they're they're not saying it's macOS 12. No, they don't they do that anymore. MacOS. Yeah, they dropped that. But then it's watchOS 8. So it's like, it's just interesting that they use the numbers for some of them, but not all of them. Yeah. I wonder See, and I wish is. they would go back to the iPad numbering system, because at least with the iPhone, if I say to you, iPhone 8, iPhone 12, iPhone 10, you know what I'm talking about. Exactly. If I say to you, yep. I've got an iPad Air 2, 3, you know, 2.7, you're like, well, when did that one it come makes out? It very difficult yeah, to iPad, discuss. I, yeah, iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. Well, which one is it? The is new it one. The, which new one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like having yeah. that number system so you know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. For for Mac OS, uh, so one little Easter egg before we before we finish out. Um, like I told you, I I watch it for the cinematic quality of it, and I did notice that on the whiteboard they had the uh, naming team notes at the bottom, and one of the naming one of the names that they were trying to decide on for the new Mac OS. Of course, they settled on Monterey. But one of them was Mac OS Zeppelin. <laughs> and I just, I said on Twitter, I said, well, I'm just going to call it that now. I'm not going to call it Monterey. I'm just going to call it Mac OS Zeppelin. So, because it was in the notes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I think that'll do it for us. Okay, so, Melissa, if people want to get in touch with you, where would they, how would they do so? They can get in touch with me really easy. Just go to themacmommy.com and all my stuff is there and you can click on it to your heart's content. Um, if we want to get in touch with us here at Geekiest Show Ever, you can email us. You can just email us podcast at geekiestshowever.com. We're also on Twitter. You can go to Twitter and look up Geekiest Show. And of course, there's our website that's 
first place we want you to go and read our show notes, and that's geekiestshowever.com. We also have a contact form there for you. So send us some non-spam email and tell us what you thought of the show. And if there's any tech topics that interest you, let us know and we can geek out about it some more. Or send us an audio and we'll play it on the show. Absolutely. What about you, Elisa? Absolutely. If you want to get in touch with me, I am on at, oh, let me say that again. If you want to get in touch with me, I am on Twitter at Sensei Dai. So you can get in touch with me there. Or like Melissa said, podcast at geekyshowever.com. We'd love your feedback. Love to hear what you think about these announcements. What do you like? What don't you like? What did they miss? Is there anything that you hope that they would announce and they didn't? Let us know. We'll talk about it next time. So until next time, we want to thank you so much for listening. See you in a couple of weeks and please stay safe. Some people like their live casts to be informative, to the point, provocative, and timely. The Mac to the Future livecast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group. 